93.3 and AM 560. That is a fact. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. One hour down, one hour to go. Don't forget, coming up at 520, we are going to have Bruce the Theologian join us. He's going to talk about Grace Community Church's battle with California during the COVID years. But first, just yesterday in Missouri, we had an abortion lawsuit filed. This ongoing fight going on between uh, uh, on this abortion referendum, the fiscal note. Joining us now on the show, super lawyer out of uh, Columbia, Stephanie Bell. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Elijah. How are you? I'm good. So just yesterday, pro-life activist Kathy Fork and a couple other legislators file a battle attacking the fiscal note of this upcoming abortion referendum. Talk to us about what they're what they're alleging. There, so you got to understand there's a ballot title that goes on every initiative petition. There's two parts to that. The summary statement, that one's already been challenged in court, and then a fiscal note summary. The fiscal note summary is actually a summary of the fiscal note, which is sometimes dozens, sometimes hundreds of pages of any of the submissions of state and local government entities, proponents and opponents. The auditor then summarizes all that information and ultimately what appears on the ballot is the ballot title. And that, again, that's the summary statement plus this fiscal note summary. This new lawsuit is challenging the fiscal note summary, whereas the existing lawsuit was challenging the summary statement, the portion that the Secretary of State had drafted. So tell us a little bit, first off, the big question everybody has is, is this going to delay the process of collecting signatures to put this on the ballot? And it's, it's just part of the game. That This is how the game is played. And I tried to, you know, there are few opportunities for folks to challenge initiative petitions. And I was, you know, I've been involved in this area of law for a long time. Elijah, I know you've kept your eye on it. And I was trying to rack my brain. Have we ever voted on an initiative where a lawsuit wasn't filed over the ballot title? And, uh, and th- those are very few and far between. So, you know, whereas I-, I can see, especially on an issue like abortion, folks are saying, you know, this is just delay tactics. If this is how this process works. And it is, you know, it would be very uncommon for a lot for an initiative not to draw a lawsuit on the ballot title, because what we know is words matter. And, you know, as much as I would like to believe the fantasy that every voter out there is going to go grab that full fiscal note, perhaps, you know, over 100 pages and pour through it and become informed about what the potential costs of this measure are. I am I am not holding on to that fantasy very tightly. And so ultimately what voters are going to see is that summary, that 50 words that the auditor drafts. And these words matter. I mean, this is why you have, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a lawyer, I'm not on the political side, but this is why you have people out there polling different versions of words and languages and, and, and because those words matter. And so this is the, your only opportunity as a proponent or opponent to try to get the words that you think best inform and describe your, you know, inform the voters and describe the measure uh, in a fair and sufficient way. That's the standard uh, on the ballot. So for those of those who have only sort of tangentially paid attention, 
The auditor basically provides a fiscal note. The attorney general is supposed to uh, essentially, um, I, I guess, institute it. And, and the attorney general in the state said, no, I don't think I agree with that. They went to court. It goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says, yeah, it's up to the auditor to write the fiscal note. What's this new challenge saying? So the new challenge essentially does repeat some of the arguments that were originally the arguments of the attorney general. But you have to understand those arguments on the merits were not decided in that Supreme Court case. That was all just about the role of the attorney general. And he, he I think his argument was, look, I'm not just a rubber stamp. If I don't agree with the fiscal note summary, I have some duty to review it and 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 determine whether I think it meets the legal requirements. The Supreme Court, I think, you know, drew that duty very narrowly of the attorney general, but didn't address any of the actual reasons why he said he thought the fiscal note summary didn't uh, appropriately describe the measure. And so now uh, you're getting, you're going to get to the merits of whether the fiscal note summary that the auditor wrote is, uh, is legally sufficient, whether it describes the fiscal impact of the measure in a fair and sufficient way. And I'll give you one example. So one example that's made in the lawsuit is, you know, Green County uh, submitted something. All local governments are invited to say, hey, how much is this measure going to cost you? And they said, hey, actually, you know, if abortion is legalized, it's going to result in population loss. And there's all sorts of uh, a fiscal impact to our local government if we if we suffer population loss. And here, you know, we've, we've cited to a bunch of stuff and here's the actual uh, the impact, you know, year by year. And so the auditor did accept that. Um, but also didn't uh, one of the arguments is that, well, if you accept that Green County is going to lose population, then you could assume that, you know, every other county is going to lose population. So you would need to extract that to get the actual impact of the measure. So who are the players in the game? Because we know that you've got two legislators and longtime activists. They've filed the lawsuit. Who are they technically suing? They're technically suing our Republican state auditor and our Republican secretary of state. Which And the best part of all this is you've got pro-life people suing pro-life office holders over an abortion referendum. Who's going to actually be the one that steps in and makes the arguments on the other side? Because my, my assessment is that both the secretary of state and the state auditor, they don't necessarily care about this fiscal note. The auditor does. The secretary of state probably doesn't have a, a real battle in this process but you got to think there's going to be somebody who wants to intervene in this case and make the arguments who will that be on behalf of on behalf of so i think what you're going to see is in the new lawsuit okay so let's back up the art the the lawsuit on the summary statement the proponents of the measure are in there saying that the secret the way the secretary wrote the wrote the summary statement is insufficient and unfair it's basically biased right and so the they, the opponents w- are in that lawsuit already. Uh, in this new lawsuit, those the proponents of the measure are not in it. Just the folks that you had identified, um, the elected officials. I suspect that the up the proponents, excuse me, are going to intervene in that lawsuit. And the question that I think remains unanswered because that first lawsuit is set for hearing, I believe September 11th. This lawsuit obviously was just filed. Uh, you know, one question that remains in my mind that I think is unanswered at this point is whether or not the court decides to consolidate these two lawsuits together, since ultimately we're talking about, well, not one measure, but one topic and one ballot, one ballot uh, summary. Now, that is interesting. I hadn't contemplated that they possibly 
put the two lawsuits together. If they do that, do they delay the September 11th hearing? They they could, um, but they wouldn't have to delay it by very much. Uh, most of the time, these lawsuits go up on a joint stipulation where everyone agrees to the facts. Hey, here's the language of the petition. Here's what got submitted. Here's what was drafted. And so it's really just legal arguments. And I will tell you, you know, we we have done signature lawsuits and ballot title lawsuits where you're in circuit court one week, you brief over the weekend and you're in the Supreme Court the next week. You know, uh, I forget what year it was, but the legislature implemented a timeline on these lawsuits and the courts have really taken seriously the fact that these are expedited, that it's important to get to the get to the merits and get someone their, you know, sufficient and fair ballot title quickly because they know that there's a signature deadline. It's in early May. Um, and so I suspect, you know, even if that September 11th deadline gets pushed a little bit and the court does decide to um, consolidate that we will still see this thing wrapped up fairly quickly. And I think the consensus is, I mean, obviously, as you uh, as you get later into the process, it can get more expensive because you're just under, you know, the tighter deadline to collect the signatures. But there have been measures qualified, you know, later than August uh, before the May deadline that, ha- that have made the ballot. So they are still, you know, have plenty of time to collect the signatures should this thing go forward. This is a bit of a, a prediction game, but give us your thought. What other, you know, this is the third or fourth lawsuit already we've seen. What what other lawsuits do we anticipate happening in this? In this, I mean, the other lawsuit that I think, you know, is, is pretty standard and we've seen it in the past couple of cycles is you can, you know, should they get very close on the signatures, there's an opportunity after um, the secretary certifies or uh, says that there is not sufficient signatures, um, and that's usually over the summer, uh, there's an opportunity at that point for proponents or opponents to get involved and say, no, actually, we did have enough signatures or, you know, Secretary of State, local elected, local um, election authorities, hey, you counted all of these signatures and you shouldn't have for whatever reason. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see litigation over the signature count should those numbers come in close anticipation let's see september 11th trial let's say it doesn't get delayed that that ends up in the supreme court what uh, by october early october yeah i mean it could be earlier than that it just depends on the court schedule and and how fast everyone else can get these things on their calendar and then for I've the, seen them done quicker than that for the abortion proponents they want to start collecting signatures how long uh how how long do they have to turn in signatures it's the deadline is always it's it's set and it's always I don't know the exact date this week but it's it's fallen on Mother's Day before it's always uh, one of the first uh, weekends in May so they've still got you know many months to get out and collect yeah and and then tell us a little bit for for those who don't know because it's always sort of an amorphous thing they got to go out and get signatures but there's some very specific requirements for a constitutional referendum what are those requirements oh you're you're catching me off guard I mean it, <laughs> there. It, there, you wanted to do that, right? Um, I don't know the exact signature count. I mean, it is it is a ton. Um, you have to have, what is it, seven of eight congressional districts. Um, but the exact signature count, I don't know off the top of my head. And there's all sorts of requirements. I mean, the petitions have to be organized in a certain way. If you're in a certain county, you can only sign your county petition. But ultimately what happens is typically uh, there are professional signature gatherers that come in um, and uh, and they are very good at what they do, and they are organized, and they know the Missouri process. And, you know, I suspect on an issue like this, uh, you see, you know, federal funds, out-of-state money coming in, and they'd probably go with a professional signature gathering firm. 
um, who, you know, who've done work in Missouri before that, that I don't know if anyone's contracted yet on this. I haven't looked at their campaign finance reports, but I would suspect that's what we'd see. Stephanie, as we do every day, as we wrap these, uh, wrap this interview up, we do two questions. First is our question of the day. Question of the day, unrelated to anything else we're talking about in every day, different on the show. Today's question of the day, what's your single favorite accessory? Single favorite accessory, probably a cup of coffee. Ah, do you have a specific cup, like bejeweled or anything like that? No, no, something really strong. <laughs> Finally, if anybody wants to follow along with the work that you do as a, a what do you call yourself, a constitutional attorney, what appellate attorney, what's what's your title? Uh, just attorney. If they want to follow along with the work that you do as an attorney or the co-host of Wake Up Columbia, how do they follow you on social media? Yeah, so my law firm is Ellinger Bell. You can find me at ellingerlaw.com. And my social handle for the radio show is at Radio Lawyer. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Elijah. That was Stephanie Bell. As, as we discussed, multiple lawsuits going on. They're still going to have tons and tons and tons of time to collect their signatures and get this referendum on the ballot. But as I, as she was alluding to, and as I've heard, the closer you get to the date of submission, the more expensive it is to hire signature gatherers. You know, you're, you're trying to find people in, in these various different counties and, and congressional precincts. It gets expensive. It gets tough and you spend a lot of money. Obviously that battle is going to be taking place this winter. We'll keep on top of the story. Coming up next, we're going to have Bruce, the theologian. He's going to talk about, Grace Community Church's battle with the state of California. Stick around for that. I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who's there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. The news and talk. There's never been anything like it. A witch hunt like this has never taken place. That matters to Springfield. Putin clearly made a strategic error.